0: canine cast number 25 it's the canine cast with tara and walter
1: hi everybody welcome back to the canine cast this is tara
0: and hello everyone this is walter on the last show canine cast number 24 we talked about a touching listener story about adopting a senior dog, and we went over the advantages of adopting a senior dog. Plus, we talked about what to do when a dog will only train in class but not at home. We talked about what to do with dogs that constantly bark at passers-by, and we talked about what to do with dogs that uncontrollably lunge at bicycles on walks. We also had more information about the 30-minute downstay and techniques for establishing pack leadership. You can get that episode and all the previous 24 episodes at CanineCast.com.
1: Thanks, Walter. That was was a big one that we did last time.
0: It was chock full of information. In fact, we had to cut it down.
1: Lots of material. We're
0: playing the rest of it today.
1: Yes. Well, yes, actually we are. But also today is our 25th show. So, yeah, we're so excited. So we're going to celebrate a little bit by talking about dog playtime. And specifically, we're going to talk about some good games to play with your dog, also some games to kind of avoid or modify for your dog, and also some good dog toys. So, to go ahead and get right into it, those topics were suggested to us by listeners. So that's kind of neat that they that they had both um, asked us to talk about different aspects of play and makes for a fun show. So, without further ado... Our first email comes from Debbie, whose dog is Mindy, a rat terrier. And she writes in, have you covered the topic of dog games yet? I know our trainer suggested hide and seek and find the toys slash treat games to us, and Mindy loves them. When she comes in from outside with my husband or me, I hide somewhere, and my husband encourages her to find mommy, or I will do the same for my husband if he is hiding. Mindy runs around the downstairs and upstairs trying to find our hiding spot. And when I am offering her a treat, cookie, frozen broccoli, carrot stick, etc., instead of giving it to her, I sometimes will make her stay, then hide the treat out of sight, or in plain sight, and release her to find the cookie. She loves that, too. It develops her mind as well as her body. I would love to hear of any other games you know of for pets on a future show. Thanks again, Debbie. Well, thanks for writing in and sharing your games with us, Debbie, and also for asking about some other ones. Well, there are a number of games traditionally that you can play with your dog and pretty much anything that you can think of would be a game so long as the two of you enjoy it. But there are some that I would recommend more highly than others. Um, For example, a lot of people will run around and play chase games with their dog. Now, if the dog is chasing you... Then that can be a good that can be a good game unless your dog is kind of prone to dominant or aggressive behavior then you won't necessarily want them to chase you. A game that you want to kind of stay away from for any dog is where you run after the dog because we don't want to teach your dog that it's a lot of fun to run, to run away from you and play chase in that way. However, a really good version of the chase of the chase games that can be good for any dog is the one that Debbie had mentioned, hide and seek. And what you do with that is either if your dog can stay, pretty well, and you know that you can stay and leave them, then you can actually tell them to stay and go hide somewhere. Or you can have somebody else act as a helper for you and stay with your dog and kind of distract them. Then when you're hidden, then you can call the dog to you, just, you know, Fido come or whatever your actual command is for that. And what your dog will do is, as Debbie said, Mindy runs around upstairs and downstairs looking for, your dog will learn to to run through the house and come find you they do it pretty quickly and they get pretty excited when they get there so that's a great game the way to start off with that though is to make sure that your dog knows how to come to you when called that you've actually taught that to your dog so you'll want to do that when you're in the same room with your dog and go ahead and say, say their name, make sure that they're on a lead and you have the other end of the lead, and then you can kind of reel them on into you the whole time being very excited and very happy. And when they get to you, then you give them lots of praise, a treat or a toy if they, if they like those things, and just make it a big puppy party because they came to you. This is probably my very, very favorite game to play with a dog. The reason why... Is because your dog coming to you when called is one of, if not the most important commands in your dog's entire repertoire. Um, basically, basically, that's the one that can save their life. If they do get out, the difference between them getting back to you safely or them getting into trouble is whether they will come back to you when you call them. Now, hide and seek. You know, you'll go ahead and do it inside your house, so it's in a controlled environment. But they learn to come to you really fast, and they learn that it's always good times when they do come to you. So that one I play just about daily with my dogs, and they never, they never ever get tired of it. Normally, they tire me out before they decide that they want to stop playing. So that's a very highly recommended one. Another thing you can do is. As Debbie brought up, you can actually hide treats from your dog. The best way to teach them to do that is to go ahead and take a take a treat or a toy, go ahead and put it on the floor a little bit in front of them, and then give them a command like get it, find it, that kind of a thing, and then let them go get the toy or the treat. Then what you can do is you can start moving it each time farther away from them. And then once they really have the idea and they're going for their toy or their treat, which shouldn't take too long because this is a lot of fun for them, then you can start hiding it. When you hide it the first few times, you'll want to hide it where the dog actually sees where you're putting it. So that way they understand that, oh, okay, I'm going to go look behind something or under something to get this, to get this toy or this treat. Then after they have that down to a tee, that's when you can go in another room and hide it completely and they'll run around looking for it. And that's a lot of fun to watch them do that. It's also a lot of fun for your dog because regardless of what they were bred for, way, way back um, when dogs first started and they came from the wolves, well, all of the wolves were hunters. So all dogs still have that instinct and that's a great one to go ahead and have them have, have, them have that outlet looking for their different treats now um, another another example of a game that could be good or bad is tug-of-war some people say that you should not play tug of war with your dog because that can increase dominant or even aggressive behavior and this is another one that if your dog is already kind of dominant and aggressive I would stay away from this one until you have that behavior under control However, when you do have that under control, the difference between the good and the bad game of tug of war, it's not a good game if your dog is constantly taking the item away from you. It is a good game if you can go ahead and play tug with your dog, but then go ahead and give them a command to basically stop playing, to let them know that the game is over. And that could be something something like out or drop it, Something so that when you tell them the game is over, that they will actually let go of the item and let you have it. That's a, that's a much better way to do it. And the way that you can teach them that is simply by trading them. Say that you're playing tug of war. If you have a treat in your hand that they really, really like, you can go ahead and, and put the treat in front of their nose. Now make sure that this is something special enough that they will want to drop the tug of war item in order to get the treat. Put that treat in front of their nose, and when they drop the item go ahead and give them that command out drop it something like something like that give them their treat and tell them how wonderful they are because they just dropped the thing for you in order to get the treat so basically basically you're trading them and they're learning that by giving you by giving up the tug-of-war item that they get something even better in return and that will allow you to go ahead and play tug-of-war with your dog without it turning into a dominance problem now, another another good game that's very traditional is fetch, where you throw something, a ball, a stick. My parents' boxer likes to chase plastic, um, plastic bottles, like water bottles. Who knows? For some reason, that's just her thing. In any case, whatever it is that your dog is, is wanting to fetch that you're okay with throwing for it, go ahead and play that game with them. It's great. It gives them lots of exercise. While after a while, it can tire out your arm, but it'll but they'll have gotten lots of exercise in the meantime. But again, if you're going to play this game, you want to do you want to do the same thing that you did with tug of war, give them give them a signal to drop the ball or the stick, whatever it is. And you can use you can use the same signal that you use before. You can use out or drop it. Just something so that when they do come back, that they do give it to you rather than trying to start a game of tug-of-war. If your dog does try to start a game of tug-of-war, just go away and, you know, that way they'll get the hint that this game isn't going to happen like that. But if they go ahead and do drop it for you, then give them lots of praise and that's that's a really good game to do with them. Uh, just wa- just watch out that that you don't give in too much when they come to you with the ball or the stick asking you to throw it because that can get that can get to be a little bit a little bit much. and I've seen some dogs get a little obsessive about it. So again, make sure for the, for the good of you and your dog that this is a game that you start when you want to and resist the urge to give in when they just come drop a ball in your lap. Okay, some more bad game, good game. Um, another another game that that people have played with their dogs forever, and especially kids, is wrestling the, the dogs. Now again, um, the the reasons why this might not be so good may be kind of obvious, but basi- but basically again, it can develop into a dominance or aggression issue with some dogs. So it's it's basically best to not play any dogs any games where your hands are around your dog's face and mouth because, that induces them to to use their mouth on you, and I'm not saying necessarily biting, but you don't want your dog thinking that it's okay to put their mouth on you at all. And wrestling can just um, can just get them so worked up that some things could happen that you wouldn't necessarily want them to, um, such as you know ju- jumping jumping on somebody and somebody could get hurt, um, so on and so forth. Plus, it can um, kind of make some disruptions in the in the pack order and leadership there. So stay away from, from wrestling and, and play fighting. Make sure especially to to let kids know that this is not a good game. But some other ones that are great is teaching teaching your dog tricks, training your dog in any way is always, always a great thing. I mean just tricks for the sake of because they're fun and the dog enjoys it and you enjoy it. That's still a great game and with all, with all of the things that we do with our with our dogs and you know playing hide and seek and, and running around and everything their their favorite game is obedience you know tell, tell them to sit tell them to down and they do it and they wag their tails and they're happy because they understand the game um, and you can and you can turn that into anything all kinds of party tricks that you can show off to your friends so highly recommend that and then also there are all kinds of mind games that you can play with your dog. If you have gotten into clicker training, there are there are games, 101 things to do with a box where you decide, okay, I'm going to watch my dog, see what they do, and say that you want to teach them to put their foot on the box. Well anytime their foot goes close to it, you can click and eventually it'll build up to where they understand what you what you're wanting them to do. Or you can, play, you can play a game where if your dog likes to fetch, you can start teaching it the name of its toys, say, you know, ball, um, stuffy, whatever, and actually teach it to get the different items. So that's another really fun one that's good for their mind. So just any, any, t- any type of training ones that you can think of that kind of use their mind and let them perform, those are always really good games as well. So those are a number of games that you can play with your dogs. And we highly, highly encourage that. It's just, it's just a lot of fun and some great ways for you to bond with your, with your furry friends. Next, we wanted to talk a little bit about toys. And the idea for that came from another email that we just got recently from Jose. He, he told us about his dog, Berto, who happens to be a bearded collie. And you'll understand why I bring this up in just a moment. Jose writes, can you please tell us your opinion about safe toys for dogs? Some people love to give rawhide toys and some not. We don't give rawhide to our dog because of what we've heard of pieces of rawhide getting stuck in the intestines and also because pieces of rawhide can get stuck in the hair close to the mouth, causing hair mats, a real pain with hairy breeds. We currently use nylon bone toys and a couple of stuffed toys, specifically a toy sheep for those herding instincts of Berto. Well, Berto, as I said, is a bearded collie, so he has the, the long hair that can get matted by the rawhides as well as his herding instincts. So I would I would agree that rawhide is probably not the best for if you have a dog that has a lot of hair around its mouth because it can get kind of messy and uncomfortable for your dog. However, rawhide in and of itself is not inherently bad for dogs. What you, what you want to look for are, first of all, um, Keep in mind your particular dog. If you have the type of dog that will sit, that will sit down, chew on something for a little while, and then and then wolf it down and swallow it, then rawhide might not be the best thing for them. You might need something sturdier. On the other hand, with the dog who will just sit there and kind of gnaw at it, at it a little bit, then that's fine. And they make the rawhide in different and. Um, different types of durability so even if you have a dog that's about a medium chewer you can get the compressed raw hides and give those to your dog and that can that can keep them entertained for quite some time and it's fine you just want to be sure that you're there when your dog is chewing on it if you do see your dog ripping off small pieces and swallowing them then you want to discontinue use of that also, you want to make sure that you know, that you keep in mind how big the rawhide is. You want one that's the right size for your dog. You don't want to give your dog a small one that they can swallow because that could cause problems. And also, you want to keep an eye on the toy after you've given it to your dog and they've gnawed on it for a few minutes, hours, or days, however long it takes for it to get worn down. Once it's small enough that your dog can swallow it, that's when you'll want to take it away. Um, the, the rawhide that are, that are all... Um, cut up and then kind of pressed into and in, pressed into different shapes like um, sticks and such. Those aren't necessarily really good because those break off easily. What you want are the ones where it's um, smooth strips of raw hide that are compressed together in layers. Those ones are pretty good. You can get the raw hides that are kind of in big knotted bones for some dogs. Some dogs go through them much, much too quickly. Other dogs who take a while, then that would be fine. But there are lots of other dog toys aside, aside from the raw hides that are really good for your dogs. To give you um, just some examples, Kongs for dogs that like to chew are absolutely terrific. Um, we have we have those, and our dogs are are pretty pretty good at chewing. They like exercising those jaw muscles quite a bit, and we've had the Kongs for year, I mean years now, probably probably at least three or four, and they they look like the day we bought them. They haven't been they haven't been chewed up at all. Now They're what,
0: invincible.
1: Yeah, practically. And and then even if your dog does somehow manage to chew through a red Kong, they have a special black rubber Kong that's even more durable. Um, not that I ever thought that would be possible, but they do um, that you can use as well. Now, the thing about these is that they are, um, they're, kind of, they're kind of a rubbery material, which isn't necessarily something that dogs on their own just kind of go for and want to chew on. But the great thing about Kongs is that they have an open middle on the inside, so you can stuff them with um, food and treats, which the dogs absolutely love, love, and adore. So and they they actually they come with um, little recipes for different things that you can stuff them with and there's special Kong stuffing cheese and um, liver paste and those kinds of things so that's so that's one example mm, of liver a really paste. yeah I I'm not a big fan but the doggies sure are so I highly recommend those and other toys that are that are like those where um, it's it's good sturdy rubber and also allows you to go ahead and put um, food items inside it for the dogs to kind of get to and lick out. Um, not, not only does it taste good to them and they like it for that reason, it kind of makes it into a little bit of a puzzle, kind of lets them use that hunting instinct to figure out how to get in and get all of that food out of there as well. So those are some pretty good toys. And another one that is along the lines of the hunting instinct is they have a few different kinds of toys. Um, One's called the Buster Cube. Um, Kong has a biscuit ball different kinds of toys that actually allow you to put food in it that the dog has to then do something in order to get the food out. With the buster cube they have to roll it around until it gets to the hole in the toy and the treats actually drop out so the dogs can get to them. Um, with the biscuit balls, the biscuits you can kind of wedge in there and then the dogs have to pull them out. So those are those are kind of fun and the dogs really enjoy them. As a matter of fact, we have um, we have a giggle ball that it's, it's kind of along the same idea as a buster cube, but it's round that we have. for And Kyler could care less. She just she doesn't know to make heads or tails of it. But Toby loves it. And as a matter of fact, he loves it so much that when we feed him now, we only put a couple of little pieces of kibble in his bowl, and the rest of them just go in the ball for him to go run around and, fo- and follow it and play and have a good time, because he enjoys it that much. So that, so that's another type of good toy, too. And those ones are extra good because they really, really use your dog's mind. So that's a great thing to give them, say, if you're leaving the house or if you're having a busy day and you're not able to spend as much time with them as you want. It really, really helps to um, decrease boredom, gets them up and moving around, and also gets them thinking, which, um, of course, that mental stimul- stimulation is so so very important for them as well as you know having physically something to do some other good toys um a lot of dogs likes like stuffed animal toys again this is one that will very much depend on your dog and their their temperament and how they interact with their toys and keep in mind that that can even change Throughout the years, if you have a if you have a dog that is gentle and kind of takes care of its toys and likes to take the toys with it and occasionally squeak it, then the stuff the stuffed toys can be absolutely perfect. If, on the other hand, you have a dog where you give it a stuffed toy and five minutes later it looks like it snowed in your house from the stuffing being outside of the toy, that may not be a good toy for that particular dog. So you really want to kind of watch them and see how they react to that. Um, If your dog does tend to pull the toy apart, then uh, I would stay away from that because they could pull something apart and ingest it. Like they could actually swallow the stuffing. A lot of dogs love to pull the squeakers out of toys. um, So that's another thing that can kind of be problematic. And we had that problem actually with Kyler. She used to love to kill the toys and rip them apart so we actually found a really neat toy. It wasn't stuffed it was it was like a stuffed toy. It was made out of um, the same like fleecy material and it had a squeaker inside, but there was just no stuffing so that was great she never she never um, got the got the squeaker out of there and actually that toy kind of taught her to stop um, ripping up the other toys because she had been ripping up Tobys up until that point. So that was that was one um, that we're really, really fond of. And so for any of you that have that have dogs that will pull apart the stuffed toys, try the unstuffed soft toys and see if that's something that does well for them. But um, a lot of dogs love the squeaky toys and they will squeak, squeak, squeak away. If, and if you like that and you think it's cute, then you'll be in heaven. And if you don't like it and think it's cute, then uh, you may not want to give them the squeaky because they will squeak. They will really give it a squeak. These are especially good toys for terriers because um, it, it probably reminds them of of what um, the animal would sound like if they were to actually catch the vermin that they were bred for catching. But in any case, they tend to just really, really like those. So that's another good one. But again, watch them when they have it. make sure make sure too that there's nothing on it that they can pull off and ingest. Most dog toy makers now are great about not putting any um, like eyes that they can pull off or small parts that they can pull off. But you still want to kind of keep an eye on it and make sure that there's nothing like that. It should be pretty much one one piece and anything that's sewn on should be sewn on pretty, pretty sturdily. Um, Now, if you have a dog that likes to play Frisbee with you, then that's always a great toy as well. But my recommendation for that is to get a Frisbee that's softer. So that way when your dog catches it in its mouth, it's um, a little bit easier for them to take. And they can play a lot longer with you too. Um, it's a, it's not as hard on their mouth as catching the plastic over and over. So that's that's a good thing. Um, of course, if your dog likes to play fetch, then having tennis balls around is always great. Again, don't leave your dog alone with the tennis balls because they can and a lot do Actually, chew on those, and the tennis balls will—the rubber will break down pretty easily—and then that's something that your dog could eat, and it could cause an obstruction, which would be um, not too good for them. But um, uh, one one last thing: there are there are also Nyla bones are great if your dog likes them. They can get them in all different flavors. Uh, th- those two can be pretty close to indestructible. However. Do watch your dogs when they're when they are chewing them, especially at the beginning, because if your dog is a very very strong chewer, then they can actually um, break those as well. Those can splinter. Um, last, so far as bones to chew on, uh, there are natural bones like um, that you can actually get. Well, now you can get them in a lot of pet supply stores, but before you could get them um, actually from the butcher. You want to make sure that they're that they're sterilized, and also you don't you don't want one that is a full leg, but you want um, but you want ones that are big enough that your dog's not going to be able to swallow it. You want it to be thick, and you want to make sure that there are no cracks in them. That those tend to last quite a long time. Um, even even the best chewers it normally takes them a little while to go through those. They normally like the bones just by themselves and then also you can fill it the inside with little treats for them too sim- similar to the Kongs. So that's something that's a really that's a really really good toy for them as well. So that so that I believe pretty much runs the gamut of different dog toys. I know we talked a lot about different types of chews because there are so many of them. So, one last thing about the chew toys. There are some bones out there that I, I wouldn't necessarily call them toys, as they're kind of in between being toys and being treats, such as um, velvet bones or, um, or Nyla Bone makes their Nyla Bone edibles. And those are ones where it'll depend on your dog. Some dogs will sit down and eat the whole thing right away, some dogs, it'll take them a little while. Those, for the most part, they're made to be safe for them to ingest. But I would still recommend being around when your dog is chewing them just to make sure that they're not, you know, trying to bite off big, huge hunks of it that could cause an obstruction. And um, actually, yeah, an interesting little thing. Um, we, we tend to get those edible type bones for our dogs on special occasions because they go, they, they go through them pretty quickly. And what we'll actually do is for Kyler, we'll open hers and give, her, and give hers to her. But Toby has actually figured out that if we put it on the ground, he will open it himself. So that's so that's another thing too. You can always do different um, packaging with the treats and such. Just make sure that if you do that, you first of all watch your dogs very closely to make sure that they don't ingest something that they're not supposed to. If they do start chewing on something they shouldn't be, such as the the paper or the plastic, then just take the whole thing away.
0: Some, it, he, somehow Toby knows not to eat the plastic. I don't.
1: He does, he wants to get right to the food.
0: Yeah. So he's I'm not wasting any time.
1: Yeah, he, he's he can amazingly tear it apart and he doesn't show any interest in the paper or anything. But make, but make sure that your dogs don't as well because you don't want them to get hurt while they're, while they're doing this. But anything, anything you can do to kind of give them a puzzle is always, is always a great thing and a great toy. So I hope that I've given you all some ideas on games and toys. We also had another listener email where there was a question about training for Lucila. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. And she writes in about her dog, Bella. Now um this is a an 11-year-old Dalmatian and she says that she's actually been training her on the 30-minute downstay for the past 3 days. Um Lucila writes the first two she was a little grumpy about it but became really happy after her time was up. I congratulated her and gave her a treat but by now she seems to be starting to understand that it is not a random event but a task she is being asked for. And that's and that's exactly kind of what happens is at first They don't really necessarily know what's going on, so they just kind of, you know, muddle their way through it. But once they figure out, oh, okay, this is what they want, and they're very, very happy when I do it, they, you know, they are happy to do it. Okay, okay, I'll I'll lay down here, and I'll stay, and I'll get a big fuss at the end. And that's, again, something that establishes you as a pack leader, which is great. Um, But Lucila writes in, she says about Bela. She says, I understand she's an old gal now, but about a year ago she started peeing inside the house, a thing she's never done before, even after long periods of time. Now she goes to the farthest part of the house and leaves a big wet mark. After scolded, she seems to be really sorry about it. I don't know if this has anything to do with her age or not, but I would love if you could speak a little during your program on how to prevent this from happening. And then she says, it really will help us both. I hate punishing her. Now, Lucille, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't like punishing my dogs ever. Um, incidentally, the thirty-minute downstay is when, whenever anyone does have to punish their dog, it's a great, great. Um, I'll, I'll say punishment. Really, what it is is it's a great timeout for them. That kind of gets them into a different mindset and also helps to keep them from doing the same thing again. Um, now, I don't recommend doing a thirty-minute downstay every time she pees in the house. Now, the fact that she had never done this before a year ago. Um, Kind of makes me think that it seems like it would be something physical. If you haven't already, the very first thing I would suggest is to take her to the vet and have them check her for that specific thing, especially considering her age. There are a number of different reasons why a dog can start um, doing that in the house out of nowhere. My, My Labrador Retriever, Pepper, who I've talked about a number of times on the show in the past, as she got towards the end of her life the same thing happened to her. As a matter of fact, she was about um, 10 at the time. She all of a sudden started peeing in the house, had never done it before, and was, was so very humiliated when she did, the poor girl. What um, what happened is it turns out that she had um, diabetes and Cushing's disease. So that was so that was why she was doing it, and she really couldn't help it. So first of all, go ahead and have Bela checked out by your veterinarian and see if maybe there is a physical reason for it. Now, if there if there is, you may or may not be able to do anything about it. It may just be something that you that you have to live with, or she may need medication, something like that. Um, what what I would say from from how you talked about her going to the farthest part of the house, it sounds to me like she probably does that because she's trying to kind of keep it from you, she's trying to hide it from you. Um, dogs will do that actually when they're scolded about it because depend depending on the situation they don't always get that the actual act is the bad thing they just think that the p itself is the bad thing especially if you scold them afterwards so with her and since since she as you say she does seem really sorry about it and she hadn't done it before i would say stop stop scolding her if you catch her in the act then quickly bring her outside just like you would with a puppy but just don't don't do the scolding at all because I don't think that that is that that's going to help her be able to fix it at this time. Now, um, once you, once you find out what's going what's going on with her physically, if this is something that you have to that you have to live with, then actually her having one spot where she lives a big wet mark is good because what you can do is they make. P pads. Um, they, they generally make them for puppies, but they're great for older dogs, too. Older dogs can just become incontinent the same, same way that people can. And it's I mean, it's not it's not normal, but it can happen. So if that's her problem, just go ahead and put those pads in the places where she's going anyway. Then you it makes it very, very easy for you to clean up. And she doesn't have to feel as bad about it. If this if this is something that you are going to um, be able to be able to work on. What you're going to want to do is bring her outside a lot more often than you are right now. Whatever your schedule is right now, just bring her out. Try for twice as often. Try not to leave her alone in the house for long periods of time. Um, It may just be that it's more difficult for her to hold it at this point in her life as well. So So take her outside so she has more chances to do it there. Go ahead and praise her when she does do it out there. Now, in your house, if you're going to to clean it up, you're going to need to do that with an enzymatic cleaner that will actually eat um, the odor-causing agents and completely get rid of the odor. Otherwise, she's going to continue going in that spot because she smells it there. Another thing you can do to keep her from going in that particular spot is if you can get a plastic mat. They They make plastic mats and carpet runners and that kind of thing where one side is smooth, and the other side has um, little rubber pieces that point up. They don't. They don't hurt. They're not gonna. They're not gonna hurt or harm anybody. But they're not necessarily fun to walk on either. So if you put that down with the little pointy sides up, then she won't wanna. She won't wanna go there because it won't be a very comfortable place to go. However, if you do that, she may end up moving her mark elsewhere. So first, of, first of all, check with your vet right away. See you know. See what's going on with that. And then you know, I would say really at her age, consider possibly um, managing it because it's she probably knows what she's supposed to do so far as housebreaking, um, but something something started this. Um, so go ahead and try if it's there's nothing physical, try rehousebreaking her. But keep in mind that it may just be that it's harder for her to hold it nowadays. So um, so go ahead and and get try some of those different things. I wish you I wish you the best of luck best of luck with that and I and we also got um, the other email from you about how Bela is running marathons with you which is just absolutely amazing that she's doing that at 11 years of age too so you know so so may, she may be having some problems in the the P department but you know she's also running marathons so I think she's doing pretty well for her age so thanks Lucila Jose and also Debbie for writing in and, as always, please do continue to send us your stories and your questions and your comments. We love receiving email from our listeners. It just absolutely makes our day, and we also like being able to put things on the show that you have you know that you've asked about or told us that you're interested in. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Walter, who has some announcements about some listener pictures.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Yes, we have some new listener pictures in. We have um, of course the picture from Lucila of her dog. And we also have a picture from Jason from Australia of his dogs, Steve and Max. And it's a very cute picture. We also have a picture of Katrin from Paul. It's a greyhound and it's kind of a cool picture of uh, Katrin running in the snow there. And we also have a picture from Chris Daly we have um, his p- Lou and uh, a new friend, Nardo, the cat.
1: Yeah, and and please do continue sending in the pictures. We just smile every time that we see a new one of these. Um, the pictures are always so cute or so pretty, and there's always you know something so neat about them. And you can of course check them out for yourself at the listeners' picture gallery as well. We'll also have those links for you in the show notes, so you'll be able to see them there as well right now. So thanks, everybody, once again for listening. We hope you had a good time, as did we. And if you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing you can do for your furry friend.
0: If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206 338 7 or post a comment on our website at k9cast.com. That's the letter k the number 9 cast.com.